And welcome to the Weekly Walkthrough H-Town, coming to you from the hub of the community, the Heston Public Library, recorded with podcasting equipment sponsored by USW Local 11228. Hi, Susan. Good morning, Rusty. How are you? I'm good. And I didn't tell you this before we went on the air. Okay. But I have a tiny story. Oh, I I cannot wait for this. you always have such interesting things happen to you. Snakes. Well, it's accidents. People knocking at your door saying, where's your hunting costume or whatever. Yes, that's happened to. All right. So um, Sunday. Sunday afternoon. Most of the afternoon we stayed home. Okay. And all of a sudden we were in the room where we spend most of the time in front of the TV, which is what we do too much. But... We hear this low battery. Okay. Low battery. And so we determined that it was the free smoke alarm slash carbon monoxide detector that the wonderful Heston EMS department had installed. So Mike goes to the garage, brings in the ladder, and says, well, maybe you could just talk to them about this because it hasn't been here that long. Well, it's free. How can you complain <laughs> about something that's free? But anyway, so right. he takes this little thing down and pretty soon we're hearing low battery again and in the interim i write rusty oh no no i write russ not you i write russ buller and misty ullman an email mm-hmm. because that's what you do in a small town like this you feel obligated to tell people on their day off right of that course. you have a low battery <laughs> of course yeah. okay so i write him and i say we always have this smoke thing and saying low battery and do you know what can we get another free one blah 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 well so i move that to the car and we still hear low battery and so I said, well, it's that Alexa. It's that Alexa, okay. you know. Mike's like, well, it's plugged in. I said, I bet there's a battery in there. So we're looking it up online. We, pretty soon, like a couple hours later, low battery. Low battery. And we decided, oh, it's one of the cell phone. One of the, we still have a landline. Okay. I know you're going to want my autograph. because the last person <laughs> in America that has a landline. We decided it was one of those extensions okay, for the landline. Okay, that makes sense. So I pressed the search button because we have five of them. That's way too many. I can find all of them. By this time, low battery, low battery. It's not even saying it. All right. So we can't find the extension that has a low battery. So this is a six-hour event <laughs> that we – and oh, oh, in the meantime, I wrote Russ – and Misty again, I said, oh, guess what? It wasn't the smoke alarm. It was the Alexa. <laughs> so then right before we go to sleep, I go back out into the family room, and I happen to lean down to see if a, a computer is plugged in, mm-hmm. and I find the other extension. And that was what was the low battery? That was the low battery. I just want to say this is the kind of stuff that we do at our house on the weekend. And but it took six hours to find that. No, we didn't start looking okay. for it. Took, but we were opening game boxes, oh my blaming goodness. grandchildren. But you know, if we had a well, they were there. <laughs> Listen, here's what would solve this: okay. if we had a local barbecue place run by a highly regarded individual that people could go to and hang out on a Sunday evening and not have to make their life revolve around low battery. Why are you staring at me? Okay. If we had if we had two high schoolers that there would be we, willing yeah. to work at a barbecue joint <laughs> and maybe a funder <laughs> with, and a the capers, bus tracks with a capers over, account. Uh, the bus tracks go up over every single one of us in this okay. room. So. so that's my little story. Oh my goodness. Oh that's okay. At not least, as cool as a snake, but well, you know, it's not bad. The fact that yet it was under the bed 
disturbed me a little bit. It wasn't it, under the bed. It oh, was under a chair. Under a chair. Okay. okay but good. the fact that we were trying to blame grandkids, like, I bet it's in so-and-so's right. pocket. Right. Now, Anna and Carly, do you guys ever get blamed for stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. We get to be joined today by Carly Bartell. This is her third time on the podcast. And Anna Humphreys, they're members of Stuco. It's Anna's second time. So, Carly, you are a seasoned vet, and Anna is a marinating vet at this point. So. Marinating. <laughs> yes. Nice. No cap here. Okay. So. <laughs> Hey, man, you're slaying. And we get to be also joined by Bruce Craze, former basketball coach, former teacher, and should be a Heston. If we ever have a Heston High School Hall of Fame, he should be one of the first inductees. Absolutely. And if so. we ever have a putting up with seventh and eighth grade girls coaching MAYB and letting. <laughs> He is the master, most patient. I would patient. agree with that. All right. I'm great. telling you, most patient person ever. All right. Well, you, we, I know the slang's coming, so. Slang's coming. Slay us. <laughs> so we're doing it a little differently today because we actually have two people here under 20 that probably use slang so much to the point they don't even know they're using it. So they are each, Anna and Carly, are each going to give a word, and Rusty and Bruce and I will try to say what we think that means. Who is going first? I'll go first. Okay, so it's actually three words. It's spill the tea. Spill the tea. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have a guess. Okay. Spill the tea would be to tell someone's dirty secret. Yeah. Mm, oh. I was oh. going to say tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. And I was going to say make a mess in the kitchen taking something out of the microwave. That's that's a little bit literal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't tell us what this next one means. Okay. My word is simp. Simp? What do you think, Bruce? It's got to be short for simple. <laughs> what do you think, See, that's Rusty? what I think. I think I'm kind of a simp, so I would say that I'm simple. Um, okay. And my guess is could you use it in a sentence? Um, what what is it, the spelling bee? <laughs> um, Can I have the root of the word, please? <laughs> it would be like it's something you would call someone else. Like Anna is a simp. That's what I would say. Well, you gave her as the example, and she's an intelligent person, so I bet it means of course. cool. <laughs> um, can I tell you now? Yeah, please. Okay, it's someone who does way too much for the person that they have a crush on. So, like, you, oh. you go above and beyond, okay. you're simping if you're whatever. Oh. That is something that has sense. never happened to me, and so we're good, <laughs> or I've never done either way. So. Oh, my goodness. I love okay. hearing that. Great. Uh, awesome. Well, Anna, Carlos, are you thanks. a simp? No. Okay. No, she's the only one I could use. Okay. Okay. I got. Okay. All right. Well, you guys are here to talk about this leadership camp of Honeydew. It's all right. Well, we heard through the grapevine and then through some official vines that the Heston High Stuco organization was going to be sponsoring a leadership camp for local kids in the younger grades. Mm -hmm. And I was very intrigued by that because over the years, I think that um, I've had the chance through the H-Town camp to meet a lot of kids at a what I would call a still impressionable age. And so I just kind of want to know first, I know that you're both on Stuco, give us a little brief history of your time on Stuco. How did you get interested and what roles have you played? Okay, um, I have been on Stuco all four years of high school and I was a class officer freshman year, I think, and then junior year again and this year I am co-president with Mike at Alston. Thank you. I joined Suko my freshman year and I love just being involved in all the high school activities and kind of organizing those and 
this year I'm the senior officer for our class. Okay. Okay. So you have some deep history in the organization, which is important. Oh, very much so. Absolutely yeah. very much so. I mean. Yeah. Um, so how'd you get this idea for this leadership camp? So um, Ms. Ferales actually this summer went and took a couple of students to the Emporia Stuco camp. And neither of us were able to attend, but um, there were other, there was another teacher who had done this fundraiser for their, for their Stuco Mm -hmm. for years. And so they had everything, I mean, like papers, packets, um, instructions, everything that we could have needed, they like lended to us and sent Ms. Ferales all of those. So we used them as um, templates basically and kind of created it to work for us. And then obviously we need like the actual like balls and right the, act- right. the activities yes. okay yes. sure yes. 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 actual supplies yes. and that Thank type right. of yeah. you. <laughs> your train of thought just oh. kind of stuttered to stop there and that's okay it happens to me all the well, time so 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 in other words it's not just people staring at these kids and saying you should be a good leader they're going right. to be doing some hands-on activities yeah. Yeah. awesome okay so what are the basic details of the event like the date the location what does it cost how do we get kids engaged Okay. Uh, it's on February 20th, so it's a okay. Monday that is an in-service day, so school, kids don't have school. It'll be at the high school from 8 to 3, I think. Yeah, it's the whole school Yeah, day. it's like okay. a normal school day. And they pay $50, and that gets them lunch and a T-shirt and, um, yeah, this whole day with cool high schoolers because we run it all. Okay. And then um, what, what was the other um, well, how would I uh, register someone? We handed out registration forms to the elementary schoolers. It's second through fourth grade. Okay, okay. Um, that's good to know. We handed out registration forms to them last week or the week before. I can't remember. But um, they should have brought those home, and I think we left extras in the office too. But there is a limited amount of spots. Okay. okay. But I think... Last I knew, we have a couple open still. So. Nice. I, I'm glad to hear that. So, Anna, do you want to tell us, if you know some details about the stations, what, yeah. what kinds of things will these kids be experiencing? Yeah, so we kind of broke uh, up in groups and worked on different stations that we were going to be doing. So, like, we were doing teamwork, so we came up with a few different games to help them uh, work on teamwork, and you did communication. communication. What were some of the other ones? Um, perseverance. Perseverance. I think there were two or three other sure. ones, just leadership qualities that we're trying to instill in those kids. And about how long would they stay at a station then? It's 45, 45 to 50 minutes for each station. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I was especially impressed that they get a T-shirt, that they get to eat lunch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you they're going to be there all day. They should probably be fed. That's just... That's an excellent point, I, I'm, just, I'm just putting that out there yeah, for yeah, the that, I, guy I mean, who doesn't miss a lot of meals here in the room, so... <laughs> okay. Well, and so um, the main goal, obviously, is to help kids build leadership skills. So I, I have this question, and maybe it is rhetorical, but is it really truly possible for an elementary school to grasp this concept of leadership and if if you believe that it is then do you think this is the best way to make it happen or or are there multiple ways so big question go ahead 
Um, well, I know I go over and aid at the elementary school every day, and so I work with kindergartners, and even at that age, you can see kind of the leaders come out in the class and lead for the other kids, and so I think it is truly possible for them to grasp this, and I think one of the best ways to do it is by hands-on learning and not just necessarily preaching at them, but giving them opportunities to work and do that with their peers. And I know like a lot of students have really good leadership qualities, but they're not always, they, they don't always know how to apply them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like I was a very bossy child because <laughs> I am a natural leader. That is something that comes very naturally to me. But um, he says I it with authority. I, yeah, I like that. I wasn't <laughs> applying that skill um, the most effectively. Mm -hmm. And then we were on the phone, Susan, and you said that we need to stop looking at leadership as uh, quality, is that right? And more yeah. of like something that everyone It's is, an activity. Yes, everyone yes. can engage in. Yeah. It's like a mindset that you uh -huh. just have to get sure. into. And, yeah. Well, interesting that you say, you know, that you were bossy. Um, I feel like that, you know, we probably are spiritually related, but my, my mom told me when I was a kid, she went to teacher conferences and, uh -huh. and one year the teacher said, well, she's a leader. And the next year the teacher said, she's bossy. And my mom said, I went home and thought, well, what's the difference? <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I appreciate you owning it and saying there is a way to sculpt and, and fine tune that. And I think that's what we're trying to get kids to do. And, you know, I didn't put this question down in the, in the, um, email, but I don't think it is a shock for us to maybe even think. And I, and I would love to hear even Bruce say, I, I heard somebody locally um, a number of years ago speaking, not cruelly, but just saying that class of kids has several negative leaders in it. And I was like, oh man, that's a powerful word. But you, Bruce, did you ever experience in all those years that you spent in education people that were had leadership, but, but they used it negatively? And, and how did you see that or approach that? I, I can remember, and this is after I left Heston and went to Remington, uh, the first year we added uh, all-day kindergarten. They did not, that group did not uh, accept uh, leadership from adults very well. And they kind of maintained that all the way through. Uh, so it, you know, I don't know if they were labeled that way. They just the personalities of the mm -hmm. kids, but that that can happen. But hopefully, you can channel some of that negative leadership into positive. Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. Because the fact that they are leaders is one thing. You just have to. And I think I commend you, gals, and and your student council for doing something like this to uh, get some of these kids focused in the right direction mm -hmm. and being future leaders. Here Absolutely. Well, and I just think, too, Rusty, you probably, you know, you have some life experience where you a could little, say. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is. I think you do have that aspect of of are you are you harnessing those qualities and using them positive or are you negative? And sometimes that negativity because you don't know that outlook or that or that outlet to be positive. So this is a really good idea of, I think, to focus this and show that, OK, we can, we're going to take your ability to lead – for lack of a better word, and 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 get people to follow you and do it in a positive manner. Mm -hmm. I think you channel that, and then you become those positive influences as you grow older and you mature. You take those skills with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, a positive leader creates an impact and builds and and 
um, creates change and builds people up. I'm saying the same words over and over, but um, <laughs> but a negative leader sometimes does tear down. And so, okay, so why are you excited about this? I just love seeing within our high school group how people like come to life and um, use their strengths in different ways um, throughout the year. And so I'm just really excited to pour into a younger group of kids and see that like what they can do with it in the future. And um, it feels like we're doing something important that will last longer than us. So yeah, that's exciting. I think it's cool also because some of those kids come on Friday nights and watch us mm -hmm. on the basketball mm -hmm. court and see our leadership out there. And so we can help them during this leadership academy grow their leadership skills. Oh, I think so too. I think this is a great thing. I think that you obviously have a lot of people interested if you only have a few spots left, which is also wonderful. So more props to you guys. Yes. No cap in here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. And, you know, you could spend that day resting or shopping or snow skiing and you've committed to that. So that means a lot. And, you know, when people do things – it, it is transformational. And, and I was saying, you know, Bruce had coached one of our daughters in an MAYB team. And, you know, that we still talk about that. And we, we chuckle about how th that wasn't the most fruitful summer either one for you. But then our, our daughter Megan played in state basketball. So what kinds of things we do make a difference. Mm -hmm. Years, decades later, these relationships, and Rusty and I say it over and over, that's part of being connected. Absolutely. That's part of the beauty of you mm -hmm. saying, we want to pour in, we want to give, we want to see that. Because long term, that's going to make a difference for those kids, hopefully in this community, if not in, in some other smaller town. So we are grateful for you. Again, keep doing the good thing. I don't know that you're going to move back here, but I really hope you do because you have it together. <laughs> but we're just really um, excited about this and want to, you know, just say to the Stuco and your sponsors, thanks for investing. Absolutely. Thank you very much for taking the time and being those influences. And, and to piggyback off of what you said, Carly, about and, and about being on the court – they remember that. I remember as a little youth, the people that I knew at the high school level playing, man, I want to do that. I was not good at basketball. I'm still not good at basketball. I still wanted to do that or play football or do that. And that, I think, imparts itself. And I think there is a less of a disconnect that now, because I think you guys are involved at all the different levels of the schooling than there was when we were there, where it was, you know, you were kind of isolated to three separate buildings. And now that, I think that really gets people involved. And I think that really does have an impact and it'll have a huge impact later and you'll realize that as you guys go forward yeah anything else you girls want to tell us you realize you only need to be on the podcast carly 17 more times and anna 18 more <laughs> yeah. times before you get the red and black buffalo plaid jacket that rusty has on order for all of our guests who have been on 20 right times. that's news to me but yes i've got that on order okay great yeah <laughs> so. well thanks girls thank you so much and we'll see you guys friday you guys Sports-wise, Bueller coming to town. Big one. So let's get a W there. Mm -hmm. Thank we'll you. We'll do our best. All right. We're, all right. We're cheering for you. <laughs> Thanks, girls. Thank you. Carly and Anna, thank you so much for coming in and talking about this Duco Leadership Camp. Um, we're going to piggyback and translate that a little bit to Friday because Bruce is here. And I'm just, I've been looking forward to this when we do because Bruce is the former basketball coach. We are honoring the 1982-83 the basketball team it's the 40th anniversary of the team that won state 
it's pretty cool deal. It's really, really cool. I hate cool. it that I'm going to have to duck out partway through, but I know you're going to. Well, I'm sure it. you'll listen to it again. Oh, I, I again, <laughs> singularly or over and over again, so, it's more like it. But. So I think this is this is something that's really cool. Um, and Bruce, maybe you can give us a little mm-hmm. bit about what the plan is and when they're going to be recognizing that type of thing. Okay, this actually started uh, one of my uh, roles as a semi-retired person. I'm the Heart of America League Commissioner. Uh-huh. And I, uh, I was attending a game at Mound Ridge uh, last year, and they were recognized, the team at Mound Ridge, I believe it was their 25th. 25th, okay. 25th. And I thought, That'd okay, be about right, this, yeah. is the, this is the 40th year for this 82-82 yes. team, which is very special. So uh, I reached out to uh, Principal Rhodes and A.D. Clint Stoppel and talked to Chris Croshaw, who uh, was a member of that team. Mm-hmm. We kind of put together and, and got things going, and, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Oh, I was really glad you stopped me on the street and told me this, because I'm like, this yeah. is something we can do. This is coming up Friday night. What a great time to bring Bruce on the podcast and talk a little bit about this team and, and what's going on, because this is something that's never been done. And really, really cool. I'm really excited. It's a big deal. And, it really and is. And it's especially a big deal that Bruce saw those players develop over the years and then got to be there for that. That's huge. Well, I've, got, I've got questions. So a little backstory. The 81-82 team finished 20-3, and losing the first round of state to Silver Lake 56-54. Was there ever a point in that season or in 82-83 when you said this team has a chance to be special? I think we knew the the 82 team was going to be pretty good, and we went through a tough sub-state out, mm-hmm. out of Fairfield. All close games, I think we won the overtime. Uh, the last game was in overtime to Ellenwood. And uh, we got to state, we played Silver Lake, and uh, we led most of the game. Mm-hmm. It was a close game, but they had been there before, and we hadn't. Uh-huh. And, and wow. it showed down the, down the stretch. So I think... After that game and the whole off season and throughout the 82-83 team, I mean, we had so many kids returning from that right. game that that was our goal, get mm-hmm. get, get to the state again and, and hopefully win it, but All right. which we did. So. What what sticks out in your mind about this particular season? The 82-83? Yeah, 82, yeah, we'll, yeah we're, we're going to oh, go ahead gosh. and dance. Uh, a lot of things. Very talented group. Uh uh, could do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we loved to press. We pressed all the time. Uh, matter of fact, our, the defense I would have called most is red 11, uh-huh. which red meant a 2-2-1 half-court grab. Uh, I remember that. I remember And, and we dropped back into 11, which was man-to-man. Man-to-man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We played that almost all the time. All right. Uh, this group, they knew their roles quite well mm-hmm. on the court. Uh we had inside presence. We had an outside presence. We could shoot the ball from the outside. We could drive it to the hole. Uh, so this this group was quite special. Yeah, and this was a, this was before they had the three point line. So yes. this yes. was before the three point line because you're looking at the scores and you guys topped a hundred once, scored ninety a couple times. I mean, you could flat out score. You were three and zero at the Adolph Rupp tournament with the semifinal game against Haven being the closest game you'd played to that point, a forty two to thirty two win. Uh, what do you remember about that game in the tournament? Uh, I don't remember. That much about that game. Mm-hmm. I remember we, I believe we played Cheney in the finals. Yes, you did. Right? Yeah, yeah I've got and that was a pretty close game, 10, 12 points, something yeah. like that. And uh, 
there is a member of that Cheney team. His name is Greg Rosenhagen, who okay. I see frequently. Uh, he is principal now at Cheney. Okay. Matter of fact, I just saw him in December at a basketball game, and uh, we were talking about the 82-83 mm-hmm. team because he, he played against Played against team, it, yeah. And he said, you guys were really good. And, uh, you know, I, I do remember that. Halstead tournament was always a great tournament. Mm-hmm. We, we won it two years in a row. The 82 team yeah. also won it. Uh, uh, just a great tournament, uh, and close to home. A lot of people can mm-hmm. go and stuff like that. So. And a little bit of a rivalry, sure. I mean, oh, yeah. the, the H towns yeah. going to yeah. going to battle. And then, so as of February twenty fifth of this of the eighty two eighty three season, you guys were eighteen and zero. Then came the game against Hillsborough, and it's the only loss where the Trojans upset you, forty two to thirty six. And what do you remember about that one? Because I think that was a shocker. Uh, it was uh, if Coach Keller, I think he was only there at Hillsborough one year. Mm-hmm. And he had a style that if he got ahead, he was going to let the air out. And right. That's the low-scoring game because he, he knew he couldn't run with us. Mm-hmm. And they got ahead and controlled the ball, and uh, we just didn't get as many opportunities. Uh, it, uh, it was a tough loss, but... The other thing that I don't know if everybody remembers this, uh, our girls' team was undefeated that yes. year also going mm-hmm. going in, and they, they won that game. They went and sub-stayed undefeated. That next morning, that Saturday morning, we practiced, uh, and I remember bringing the seniors in and talking to them and said, okay, sub-state's coming up. We we got our goals are still mm-hmm. ahead of us. We can get going. And and the guys actually said, well, it kind of took a little pressure off. I mean, right. yeah, you'd like to have an undefeated season. I know that. But it, it may have helped us. Right. And I know that uh, former Heston record owner Wayne Bauer said, well, now this team knows that they're beatable. Yeah. And I think that yeah. maybe gave you guys a little more refocusing. Yeah. And um, and like it said, uh, the next question was, you know, you guys go to Substate and absolutely annihilate the competition. You think uh-huh. that focus was uh, was obviously evident? No game was close. 76-44 over Kinsley in the first round. Medicine Lodge 91-60 to in the semis and sending Lindsberg home 82-57. I mean, just – just a dominating performance and kind of setting a tone. Couple couple things uh, that I remember. That was at Lions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I remember the the finals game because Lindsberg now Smoky Valley, now Smoky Valley, but uh, they were the defending state champs. They won in eighty one eighty two. Okay, so we played them, and it was close for three quarters. And as you see, it was a twenty something right. ball game. The other thing I remember about that game is. I don't think we shot a free throw until the fourth quarter, and we went 20 for 20 at the line in the fourth quarter. And (laughs) Doug Brindman, who was a substitute Uh on that team, he stepped the line with like a few seconds left or whatever, and he knew the pressure was on because he he was (laughs) – and he knocked down two free throws. So we got 20 out of 20. 20 of 20 in the fourth quarter. So that's what I I remember about about that sub-state. Wow. uh, and then it was on to Hutch with a 66-55 win over Wakini and then took apart Leavenworth Immaculata in their 6-9 center, 76-44. I think Eichelberger 30 in that yeah. game. And dominated an undefeated Wellsville squad. They were undefeated 82-61. And I was actually talking to my uncle, and he said he remember the Hutch News saying, the Wellsville coach, we ran into a buzzsaw. Um, what do you remember about the tourney and state? Uh, 
I remember at the first game uh, against Joaquini, I believe, there was a young man by the name of Flax that played on that team. I think he had 40 of their 55. We could oh, not, wow. We could not shut him down. Uh, but, you know, we well, first game of this tournament can be the toughest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Immaculata was was not a good matchup for us. They were bigger, slower, and we just pressed and got it going. <laughs> uh, the finals, again, that was a closer game. I think, if I recall, I think we were up seven with uh, a handful of seconds left in the first half. Mm-hmm. And Eric Jansen, who was our four-man, big, big lefty who, you know, left us a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is sad. But Eric had a tremendous left hook, hook shot. Uh, I didn't teach it. He developed on his own. He hit one, and he used to shoot three or four feet from Right. He hit one from the baseline, left-handed hook, probably 10, 12 feet out, and we go up nine. I remember that shot like <laughs> it was yesterday because it was right in front of me. And uh, and he knocked that down, and we went up nine, and then the second half we just, uh, you know, they loved to press, we loved to press, so it was up and down. Oh, wow. And, and, wow. And we just got, got going there in the second half and took care of things. Oh, well. Please tell us about the players and what you remember about these guys. I mean, this is such a really cool, cool thing, and and what is going on Friday night, and how many? I think you said eleven or most of them are coming back. Yeah. What do you remember of these guys and the team and the and these guys and their personalities and everything? Uh, the, uh, a close u- unit on the court. They, mm-hmm. they maybe not, you know, they kind of went their own way during during school and whatever, but on the court they knew their roles. Yeah, uh, we had several returning starters. Uh, Brandon Eichelberger was our post player, averaged in the upper teens. He was an all-stater. Brock Fuen, which I always said, Brock shot two kinds of shots: layups and what would have been three, three pointers. pointers. Had we have, he'd have broken every three-point record yeah. in the state because that's he was a, a great shooter. Uh, Eric Jansen, who I mentioned a little bit ago, he played our four-man. Uh, Chris Crawshaw, the snake, he was just a wiry wingman that uh, could take it to the hole. And Kevin Spangler stepped in as the least experienced guy but handled that point guard role. He was kind of the unsung hero, I Mm -hmm. felt like, on that team. And then we had uh, uh, a couple of the seniors on that team were Ed Zerker and Ron Kilmer that played uh, reserve roles for us. Uh, Then we had juniors. Donnelly Voth actually played quite a Mm -hmm. bit. Uh, as a junior, uh, Doug Brenneman, who's a local person here, Braden Decker, yep. uh, Bruce Weaver, uh, local person, uh, whom I'm missing, Brent Hartzler. I haven't seen Brent in years from what I understand he's coming back. Oh, but, wow. This is uh, Another thing I remember about the state, of course, being in Hutch, it was nice. We could come back home each night, stay mm-hmm. in our beds, drive that 40-minute drive back over there. I don't know which night it was. It might have been the last night. There was a sign out on uh, Dutch Avenue. Dutch Avenue. Yeah. Something about, well, the last person in Heston, please turn out the lights yes. or something like that. Yes. And uh, because it was packed over there. Right. There was Heston people like crazy over there. 
and uh, so that was uh, that was that was kind of neat. I mean, it was just a tremendous atmosphere. It was very interesting because I got to write an article about the history of about five or six years ago when the team went back yeah. to state. And some of these guys that you've talked about that I talked to mentioned that sign. That yeah. was such an impactful sign. And I remember going in 85 to state and seeing that every, those signs were elsewhere on down yeah. the road. And there were little signs all, all along the hutch. And so yeah. community think, come out and support. I think the 85, the big sign that was kind of uh, similar to that one said, would somebody catch the lights again, please? Yes. And uh, so, uh, you know, there's a whole different group. And hopefully we can celebrate that yeah, group in be, two years. Because yeah. uh, hopefully, you know, with Heston now on the boys' side having five state championships, uh, that's that's pretty cool. Not all, really, not really all three A schools. Well, not many schools can say that. Uh, yeah. But for Heston, that's uh, it's such a great sports community. But they do love their basketball. They do, and Heston. so you guys will be recognized. Think, did you say at halftime? Yeah. Boy, uh, perfect. From what I understand, uh, we're supposed to meet there about five thirty in the Commons area. Uh, with our families, et cetera. Uh, and I think there's student council. Somebody's going to give us a tour mm. of the building, which, you know, I haven't seen all the changes that have been. So it's pretty it, incredible. It, <laughs> it, it, it'll be neat. I'd like to go back and see the old classroom yeah. that I taught with for 20 plus years. I know that room real well. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to, uh, of course, uh, be, watch the girls and boys game at, at halftime of the boys game. Uh, we're going to be recognized, I think, on the court. Uh, all of us will come down. And, Good. Uh, and then afterwards, there's going to be re- a reception, I think, back in the Commons uh, for the team, but also uh, uh, fans and parents, because there's still some parents of right. some of these kids yes. around that I've talked to in the past month or so that I hopefully they they stop by and, and, and see us. and. I don't know what all is going to happen the rest of the weekend, but uh, Friday will be very special. Oh, I think so. And uh, I've been looking forward to it for a long time. Oh, I have. When you told me, I've been looking forward to it too. And we're going to make sure that the Swather Sports Network doesn't cut away so everyone can see this. We'll have it on YouTube, the YouTube feed, so the people who can't be there can at least tune in and watch this. So I think this will be very, very neat. I'm glad you spearheaded this, and I think it's going to be something the start of something very, very special. Well, I, I hope so. It's it's, uh, it's it was a special place for, for me for many years. I was here 25 years, and and uh, a lot of great people still here, and, and uh, so... Yeah, looking, looking forward to it. The battle for Dutch Avenue with Bueller in the town. So let's go ahead and pack, as they like to call it now, the shed. So pack the shed for Friday night on, and see this team because, you know, you park a Swather and equipment shed. So they call it the shed now. So that's how we roll with it. Hi, Jackie. Hello. <laughs> so you got a little uh, Heston Public Library stuff. Before that, I want to make sure that we give a big time warm, well, warm applause to Bruce for stopping by and seeing everything on Friday night. So be there. Be there at Friday night in the Heston High School gym for the Battle for Dutch Avenue and see this team. Jackie, what do you have for Heston Public Library? Hey, so uh, I am, I'm going to play off the state championship thing and go on to robotics. Oh, yes. I, I know, right? Um, we actually have Tim Van Berhijk coming in okay. tomorrow. He's an up-and-coming swath of robotics, and they've won their fair, stare, fair share of state championships too. Um, but he's going to be coming in and kind of demonstrating Programming kind of 101. Uh, We have Ozobots. 
They are okay. really nifty. They're about the size of a ping pong ball, and you programming you program them using color. So you create tracks. Uh, with a black marker, and then different color patterns have these robots do different things. Um, this is cool. It's very cool. So we're going to have that set up in the middle of the library, um, and folks can come in, and we're going to have two large tables set up that you can create your okay. own Ozobot track. Uh, we've got four of these little critters, and they're they're very, very cool, but it, it's the fundamentals of robotics programming. Good. Um, and that's on Wednesday. It's after school. It's part of our after school crew. Um, it's a special kind of deal that Tim's coming in and, and teaching how to do this. Cool. And, yeah. Very, very cool. Um, and then, of course, we have our stuffy sleepover. Yes, you have stuffies <laughs> coming to stay the night. Yep, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, just You can drop your stuffy off anytime. Just have them here before 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock on Friday. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday, they're going to have a lot of fun at the library. And then Saturday is the Lions Club Pancake Fee. Mm-hmm. Um, I am volunteering over there. I made a deal with John Buller because if you want to have nice things in your community, you have to take part. Yes. Um, so the Lions Club Pancake Feed is always amazing, and it's on Saturday. And I'm really excited not just to go, but to go and help out. Mm-hmm. Um, the library was the beneficiary last year. And they gave us a really wonderful gift, and I'd like to really see that continue. Um, and even if we don't get any money out of it, it's not that's not the point. Right. The point is is that you know the lions are doing good work in the community, and yes. I really hope people come out to support that. Yes. Um, and then let's see, Ozobot's Pancake Day, Stuffy Sleepover, um, book club. So we have it's a personal book club. It's a it's called Personal Development Book Club. It's a it's an interesting deal. Janelle Hahn has headed it up. And currently they're reading reading positive personality profiles. I cannot say that three times fast. I can't either. I'm not gonna try. Um but it's it's kind of an interesting book. Like um everyone's heard the Ian I'm an ENTJ. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's kind of one of the in those in that genre. Uh, but really kind of interesting stuff. I read the blurb on the back of the book and I felt personally attacked. So okay, great. that means it's going to be a good read. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we have that going on. That's meeting on February 14th. It's on Valentine's Day. Um, the fun part is there will be heart-shaped cookies. Okay. So there there will be heart-shaped cookies. And really, this is kind of an interesting book if you want to read it with someone who's in your life, mm-hmm. whether it's a kid or a parent or a partner. And and you do the, oh, that's why they do that. And it drives me up the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have that going on. And then another book that I wanted to promo that's on our new shelf. This is, um, it's a harder read. It's called Women Talking. Um, you've probably seen a lot of the promos for it on Netflix. Um, it's It's been made into a movie. It's a really heavy book about a Mennonite community in Bolivia. Um, it's, it's a hard and it's a heavy book about the assaults that happened in that community. It is a fiction version, uh, but it is all based on a true story. But mm-hmm. this book has been turned into a movie. We do have it. Um, so when you see movies like the last big one was Where the Crawdads Sing, Redeeming Love, all those books that have been turned into movies recently, um, uh, Game of Thrones, those kinds of things. We have all of them. So uh, if you're like, I know I've heard of this somewhere, right. it's probably a movie adaptation from a book. Um, and since I am a librarian, key phrase is the book was always better. Um. Truth, <laughs> truth. That's so, so, I don't, yeah, that's, I think that's a, 
I'd say that's true for about 99%. Every once in a while, there's one that comes out, and I, but I think it's the book mm-hmm. is always better. Mm-hmm. There, there have been movies that have raised my blood pressure as fans of the book. Harry Potter? Uh, that okay, one, just, too. Just, we're just, that yeah. one, too. We're, okay. we're, we're, we're going to go gonna, with yeah. that one and, and Wrinkle in Time, and we're just going to okay. take those and Perfect. put them on a shelf. Perfect, okay. Um, but, yeah, so and, and then I also want to remind people, because I'm going to say it from here on out, Beginning February 1st, our hours are changing. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we will open at noon. Mm-hmm. We will close at our regular hours. We will still close at 6 p.m. on Tuesdays. We will still be open late until 7 p.m. on Thursdays. But Tuesday and Thursday, beginning February 1st, uh, we are opening at noon. Um, we are short-staffed. Um, for the next 14 weeks consecutively. Yep. So we are, we're grateful for the community's patience. Mm-hmm. We're grateful for their support. Um, this is just a change that needs to happen to, to make sure that the library is not just staffed, but staffed in a way that the people... It's conducive to everybody yeah, the, to, to meet their needs. Yeah, yeah, that way when the staff who is here, they're here. They're not like tired and burnt out exactly. and, and whatnot. Um but yeah, those are the exciting things. We've I'm really excited about the Ozobots tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's, that's going to be really, really cool. cool. Uh, and as always, we have Wednesday Wigglers. Yep. Um, story time is always a good time. So yeah, that's what we have going on. I really want people to bring their their bravest and most adventurous stuffy out. Mine's here. I know Rusty's is already here. <laughs> it's gotten some love and attention. Good. Good. Um, but yeah, I need to find a name for it. I don't have a name for it. I've just been calling him Rust. Okay, that's fine. Like, that's just how we My roll. emerald tree boa, uh, I know. Although, he was Blake the Snake during story time because there is a story about a boa constrictor. We have the book, Perfect. Blake the Snake. Perfect. I hope he was well received by the kids. He was. They were, it, our story time swings a little bit more boy. Uh-huh. Um, but we had one little girl who was, you know, the next up and coming Britney Spears and was like, I'm going to wear the snake. Uh- Perfect. Um, Perfect. So, awesome. Yes. Blake the Snake. There you go. Blake the Snake. Blake the um, Snake. Okay. All right. Great. <laughs> hey, we do need to make a note of something that was said earlier. We were corrected that um, the cost of the camp, the leadership camp, is not $50. It is $30. So $30 for the cost of the leadership camp. I got a text there from Susan as she had to duck out early telling them to make, that make sure that it's $30. So there are a few spots open, $30 kids for second through fourth for that leadership camp. So on February 20th. And then again, I can't say it enough, come out Friday to the shed and recognize this basketball team. I just remember when they went to state a few years ago when the boys and the girls. Uh, 15, 14, 14, 14. 14, 14 it yeah. was 14 because um, I just bought my house. Yeah. And 2014 was that I will, that was so fun. Yeah. That is one of the most fun things I think that I've had the pleasure of, of taking part in. Yeah, because we went all hands on deck for that. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we had a lot of fun. We had so much fun. Yeah. So it was, it's, I'm excited for Friday. I think it's really cool that these folks are getting recognized. Yes. And 11 of the 12, I mean. I know. They, it's amazing. With the passing of Eric Jansen, mm-hmm. the 11 these coming back. This is cool. This is something really, really cool. Well, and, and it's not very often that you really get to see like Swather history walk into one place. And it's not. Right. Bear with me. It's not a wedding or a funeral. And you get to see these people right. in a context that yes. they're being honored for what they did. But then there's also that really cool small town. Uh, absolutely. Like yeah. there's just that. The sign. Some... The, the will, will yes. the last person leaving has to turn out the lights. Yes. And, and that was such an impactful sign. And so mm-hmm. 
a lot of history here, so we were ready for that on Friday night. So a lot of cool things, man. Hessen's a happening place. I don't know why on earth. I mean, if you look at the calendar from here on out, Wednesday, we've got Wigglers. We've got yes. Ozobots. Thursday, I'm sure there's something going I'm sure on there, Yeah, there's always Friday, stuff. you've got your stuffy sleepover. Yes. You can drop off your stuffy and then head yeah. to the basketball game. Absolutely. And then Saturday is the pancake feed. I yeah. mean, what isn't happening in this town? If you're bored, it's your own fault. Exactly true. How true this is. I mean, that's why we say this is such a special place. Susan, unfortunately, had to duck out early. She mm-hmm. had a prior. So it's just basically been me and Bruce and now you, and we're going to kind of wrap this up and, and be back next week. And we'll be probably posting a little bit later with a change in the hours. So we'll be recording and posting later. So it'll be up a little later, but we'll still be going on Tuesdays. You guys can still find it at the same spot. Email us, HestonPodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas, people you think need to come on the show, let us know who you want. We'll, we'll try and get them on. I mean, happen to join, man. Happen in place. No no cap here. I mean, we're going to spill the tea as, as best we can. I wish Susan was here to watch me work two slangs in today. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Slay. Yeah, slay. Exactly. <laughs> well, guys, this has been the weekly walk through H-Town coming to you from the hub of the community, the Heston Public Library, recorded on podcasting equipment sponsored by USW Local 11228. I'm Rusty Witcher, and saying for Susan Lamb and myself, we will talk to you guys next week.